good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with the family of faith and people of God. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're looking fine today. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> it's so good to be here with everybody. It's good to look around. I, 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 know that, I know that today is a big day if you're a cowboy fan. Somebody... Somebody said I'm gonna have some I'm gonna have some competition for my Bible study in the evening and we'll see who tunes in tonight. <laughs> but I, I know that I know that it's a it's an awesome day. How many how many are glad to be in the house of the Lord? I'm gonna say like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What an awesome thing it is to be here today. We welcome everybody, both a guest and friend alike. Welcome to uh, Harvest Point Church. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. Some of you know we've been in this series called The Names of Jesus. And you know, my hope is, is that as you begin to uncover the names of Jesus, your faith is going to grow. How many know that everything we do, we should do in, in His name, right? We, we, we do everything in the name of the Lord. And, and so this, the expression of the names of Jesus are meant to help grow your faith. Amen. So today, as we've been kind of getting through the series and, and uh, I, I thought I would preach this series forever, but when I went through some of my notes, I think I only got maybe two more messages. So we're going to learn about the, how many know that Jesus is the light of the world? What does that mean to be light? We're going to talk about that. And then how many know that we have a shepherd? How many know we have a shepherd? How many know Jesus, Jesus shepherd? He's the, he's the door, right? We're going to be talking about him uh, and finishing up the series here pretty soon. I don't know, maybe two or three more messages will probably complete the series, but I've had an awesome time. Today, we are going to be talking about something extraordinary. How many today know that Jesus of himself said, I am the resurrection and I am the life? And we're going to talk about that today. It's going to build your faith. So I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you're standing, I want you to open your Bibles, John chapter 11. And, and I'm going to select a... a uh, the chapter, I, we'll, we'll stop after we get right after that immediate conversation that Jesus has with Martha. We'll stop and I'll, I'll end it there. My thought would be that if you have never read uh, St. John chapter 11, that you would take the time to do that. I think it would help encourage your faith and for you to see a little bit more of this story. Uh, and in fact, I am going to allude to, do you know that the shortest verse in the New Testament, the shortest verse in the New Testament is found in... Uh, St. John chapter 11. I remember my mom and dad here are witnesses when my grandfather, I come from lines of pastors and ministers on both my mother and father's side, but my, my grandfather was old school and, and he might get up to preach and then he look over at one of his grandchildren and say, okay, Daniel, stand up and give a memory verse. <laughs> and so if you didn't have a memory verse uh, after church, you got reminded why you should have one. With a, with a paddling or a spanking, you know. And so I always had a verse ready, right? Here, here, I had a verse ready. If, if you didn't remember nothing, you could remember two words, and it was Jesus wept. And, and so after church, I'd be weeping too because they knew I was, that was a scam, right? I should have had a verse ready. But, but now that I'm older and I'm a student of the Word, do you know that of all the verses that has caused me more meditation more thought is that verse jesus wept it's amazing uh, that short verse jesus wept but we're going to we're going to get a little bit to that uh, today in today's message uh, the resurrection and the life in the name of jesus but i'm going to read a, a portion here and then i'm going to i'm going to take you all the way down 
uh, here at verse 27, but you'll see it reads easy. It reads as a narrative, so we should just be able to read through this uh, quite easily. This again is St. John chapter 11, beginning here at verse 1. It begins like this. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, of the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it, and it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment. Remember this, this actually, if you don't know, this is actually in the 12th chapter of John. It says, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, now, now notice that's in uh, quotations. That's given to you as an expression of a little backdrop into the story. But notice verse 3, uh, when, when the messenger comes, the Bible says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Y'all see that? And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. <laughs> it's important to know the why, ain't it? Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. And then after that, he said to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. And his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late, sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, but he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Oh, that's a word right there. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. <laughs> Let me read that again for somebody. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. And howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought he, he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. He's speaking referencing Jesus. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Somebody say amen. amen. Problem is, she don't believe that. The Bible says this, Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And here's Jesus saying something so profound. Listen to this. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live? 
and what and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come unto the world. Wow, that's some stuff. Y'all ready to get down with the get down? Let's get this. Let's, let, let's get to it. Let's, let's pray and let's just ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to help us as we get into some conversations today. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ to focus in on this word, to focus in on the heart of God, the mind of God, his instruction. And Holy Spirit, I know that there are lots of things that can trouble the mind, things and duties and cares, work, uh, 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 the office uh, on Monday morning, things that need to get done, uh, things that need to be done around the house. So many things can trouble the mind, activities and such. We pray that you still our minds. Keep us, keep us focused. Allow Holy Spirit, draw us into the heart of God that when we walk out of here, we'll be better than how we first came in. And so we pray your blessing, your help, your strength. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, will you greet each other in the Lord? Go find somebody and tell them Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Go find somebody and let them know. Say hello one to another, amen. Uh, move about, say hello. Welcome to everybody that's in the house of the Lord, to all our guests and friends. It's so nice to see everybody here. Amen. Blessings to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Brother Josh, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, my man. Sister Ramirez, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Sister Sharon, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. How awesome it is. How awesome it is. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. How beautiful it is. I, I enjoy watching the family of faith greet each other and say hello. It's awesome to see a church be a family. Amen. How many know church ain't church until it's family? Amen. You, you, you can be anywhere, but if you're not family, you're not church yet. Amen. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters. <laughs> I know society, Christian society, has become quite, quite sophisticated. I still believe it's important to call each other brothers and sisters, right? That, that it's okay to greet each other in a holy kiss. Watch out now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's, it's so good to be in a place where... We can uncover God's heart. Could I contend with you that the most important thing that you would understand before you even get a chance to read the scriptures, that you would know God's heart? Because by knowing the heart of God, it will shape and form the scriptures themselves. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. 
I, I want to begin where I left off last Sunday. L last Sunday, we, we were in the fifth chapter of the book of Revelations, and we, we know we got into some conversations there that were just so fruitful in understanding that, 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 that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb of God. But today I want to present to you that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and, and listen, and the life. Let me say that again. He is the resurrection, listen, and the life. At the very end of Revelation chapter 4, there's some verses there that I believe kind of encapsulates truly the heart of God. And I want you to hear this because philosophically speaking, I know there's probably a lot of people in here, maybe you've heard this question before. Why did God make me? Why am I here? <laughs> I think that's a good question to ask if you want to know the truth about the matter. And I think there's a lot of believers that don't know why you're here. Why did God make man? Why are we here? That whole thought is, is brought to you in a thought, in a theme. The resurrection and the life is why you're here. Let me share it to you like this. Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, it says this. The four and twenty elders fall down at him that sat on the throne. And the Bible says, and they worship him, catch this, that liveth forever and ever. So, so I want you to see that the cherubim, the angels, all the angelic hosts worship God because he's eternal. Somebody say God's eternal. Uh, you, you see, the nature of God is that he lives forever. He's, he's not created. He's eternal. He's always been. And they worship him. The Bible says, and they cast his thrones, they cast his, their crowns at the throne, saying, Watch this, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Watch this, for thou hast created all things. Now, watch this, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You're here because God took pleasure in you. You're here because of the pleasure of God. Now, brothers and sisters, can I contend with you that, that the work of the Spirit of God... Now, I want you to hear this, and I want you to apply this to your life. Watch this. The work of the Spirit of God... I'm going to qualify it here, and I want you to hear it the way Paul taught it. This is what Paul said. For you have not been given a spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you've been given the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father... So imagine God qualifying himself as your father. Let me say that one more time. So we have a God in heaven, but the God of heaven qualifies himself not as Yahweh, but as daddy. Come on. You've been not given a spirit of fear, right? Which, or into bondage, which leads to fear. But you've been given a spirit of whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Bible says, and the spirit beareth witness with our spirit. Watch this. That we are the children of God. Let me say that one more time for somebody. The Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm God's son. And the Bible says, if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him. I want you to know the work of the Spirit of God is to prove to you that you belong to God. 
Now, now, let me back up because I know when you said that we're here because it's pleasure, I know a lot of you as parents, you know, we think, well, well how, how audacious that God would say that, how braggadocious, why would God make me for his own pleasure? Well, well you know, because you, you're thinking entertainment. How, how many have kids and your kids provide entertainment for you? <laughs> when, when our kids were little, uh, every Friday we had a talent show at our house. I mean, Daniel was, you know, doing something. The apples was dancing. Megan was singing. We had talent shows. God is not looking at you as entertainment. I want you to understand that the word pleasure in the New Testament teaches us two things. One, it teaches us about God's desire. What is his heart? Because how many know your father is a father? When I got married, I didn't get married just to get married. I got married because I wanted a family. I wanted children, as does God. But there's a uniqueness in this idea of pleasure because it speaks of inclination. This is God's heart. God wanted you. He thought of you. He thinks of you. Do you know that the psalmist says that God thinks of you so often that his thoughts towards you are more numerous than the sand on the seashore. Uh, my wife will tell you that, that throughout various times in the day, I'll be walking around and, and I'll say, I love, I love you, little partner. He's not there, but I'm thinking about my grandson. I'm at the store, you know, and I say, babe, get that. Well, what, what for? That's, that's for little partner right there. <laughs> She'll tell you, I walk around and I just say, I love you, little boy. Papa D loves you. I'm thinking about you. Do you know that God does the same for you? That you're his child, you're his daughter, you're his son. That he thinks about you, his thoughts. Imagine God thinking about you. And that the thoughts that God thinks towards you are, are not evil, but to give you an expected end. Somebody say hallelujah. I mean, this is, this is marvelous conversation. This is the heart of God. That you have a father in heaven who distinctly is eternal and says, I want you to live with me forever. <laughs> let me help. <laughs> you, you got your Bibles right. L let me do this. The Spirit of God's already talked. <laughs> uh, go with me to Ephesians 6. Just, just Ephesians 6, verse 1. I, I just want you to see how marvelous it is to have a God whose inclination, his desire, his heart is towards me. And that all the fullness of God, everything that he is, is inclined to me. His disposition is inclined to me. That God's favor is inclined to me. His goodness is inclined to me. His help is inclined to me. His love is inclined to me. God has already proven that his inclination is that him and I be together. Now, now I'm going to say this to every parent in here today. Uh, if you have a child, if you're here and you have a child, a grandchild, uh, what do we want most for our kids? We want our kids to live long and we want them to be a success. I got Sister Jenny back there. That's right. We want our kids to live long, and we want them to be successful. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you something. We know the Ten Commandments, right? Ten Commandments, you know, if you don't know them, go to Exodus 20. You can read about them. But we know that the Ten Commandments are simply more, nothing more than a mirror that you can look into to see that you need help and that you need a Savior. The, the law cannot save you. All it does is show you that you need help. Look at your neighbor and say, you need help, baby. I know you need help. I'm so glad that when I stand before God, I'm not going to stand before God as the world will in the commandments. I'm going to stand in Christ Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. 
Man, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm getting in not because of myself, but because of what he did. I'm going to say glory to God. But I want you to see that all of those commandments, there's one commandment that stands out above those that's distinct unto itself. Now, you in Ephesians chapter 6, let me teach it to you. It says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, I like that in the Lord part because we don't want you obeying your kids unto, unto evil. Right? It's like, like wives, submit yourselves unto your husband as unto the Lord. <laughs> Somebody say, thank God for that little phrase, and that, that's important. <laughs> so, so, so we hear it. Now, now, now catch it. He, hear it the way the Bible reads it. You're there, Ephesians 6, verse 1. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. Now, now Paul tells you that this commandment is distinct. There's a, verse 2, there's a difference in this commandment because this commandment comes with a promise. You see that verse 2? Well, what's the promise? That it may go well with thee, that thou may livest long on the earth. I want you to think about that. That there's not one parent in here who wants to bury a child. And I have heard from people that have lost children, they say, Pastor, the worst pain that I ever suffered in this world is the pain of burying my own son, my own daughter. I, I want my kids to bury me. I don't want to bury them. I, 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 and to boot, I don't want to have to support them. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you, baby. You know, you know, you don't want to be supporting you. I want them to support me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I got my retirement plan. I got three retirement plans. Megan, Daniel, Alexis. <laughs> In season. Dad, Dad, move into this spare room over here. You and Mama. Y'all can stay here. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I just want you to see that because of God's nature, he's eternal. He's saying that, listen, you are going to be with me forever. Do y'all catch it? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life because the heart of God is that you would be with God forever. Amen. Somebody say forever. I mean, we don't use that word much because we don't qualify it that much. And, but maybe if you love somebody enough, you might tell them, I love you forever. But how many know that forever is not really a forever because you can't control that. But God says, I'm going to love you and be with you forever. Did y'all catch that? Just want you to see that Jesus is giving the heart of God in the measure that, watch this, that he is the resurrection, listen, and the life. No, no, no. See, 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 the problem in the church is that we, we, we celebrate resurrection once a year, and maybe that's our problem. That, 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 that Jesus is more than resurrection. He is the life. He's the resurrection and the life. Now, now, I want you to see something unique here. Now, now, now we, we just read, uh, go, go, go back to John 11 because I just want you to see something that, that, that maybe escaped your eye. Maybe you've read the story. If you're like me, I already know the answer. Sometimes I skip forward towards the end when we really shouldn't do that because there's quality in the things that are happening before the story comes to a completion. The Bible says that Mary and Martha sent a messenger to Jesus, not really knowing that by the time the messenger got to Jesus, Lazarus had already died. 
But notice what the messenger says. The messenger comes to Jesus. So I just want you to see, I want you to know the backdrop that, that God loves you forever. And his intention is for you to be forever. And you've got a forever-minded God who says, you're my son, you're my daughter, you're going to be with me forever. Somebody say hallelujah. So, so, so what, what, the, what the Spirit of the Lord told me is that we know that Lazarus came forth. What we don't concentrate is why did Jesus come forth? Now, now what, did you hear what I just said? We, we know that Lazarus came forth, but Lazarus coming forth is secondary to Jesus coming forth. Why did Jesus come forth? The Bible says that a messenger came while Jesus was in Bethabara. This is where John the, 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 the uh, uh, Baptist was baptizing, and Jesus was there. And so when the messenger got uh, over to Jesus, this is what the messenger said. The messenger said, Jesus, watch this, the one to whom you love is sick. Let me, let me say that again because you might have missed the missing information. The messenger said to Jesus, the one to whom you love is sick. Now, now let, let me digress because I can see you kind of giving me them funny eyes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> How many know that Jesus told his disciples, this is John 15. He says, disciples, henceforth I call you not servants, uh, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. He says, but I call you Friends, for I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. And then Jesus says this, you didn't choose me. I chose you. He said, and ordained you. That for, for what? That you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you should ask the father in my name, that he may give it to you. So, so notice we got a difference. We are not servants of God. We are the friends of God. Let me say that to somebody. How many know that you're a friend of God? I, I, I'm a friend of God. I'm a son of God. I'm the friend of God. Uh, listen, you, you need to embrace that. Embrace that because this is, this is a forever God saying you are going to be with me forever. Amen. You are my friend. You, you, you are my son. You are my daughter. So, so let me go back to the story. So a messenger comes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, the one to whom you love is sick. Not a name mentioned. He didn't say Lazarus is sick. He says, the one you love is sick. He didn't mention no distinction. He just simply came to Jesus and Jesus, listen, the one to whom you love is sick. I, do you know, brother, sister, you, could, you could put your name right in that place. You, you, you can write your name right on that verse when, whenever you need something, whenever something's amiss, whenever something's going wrong, whenever you need help, whenever you're in dire straits, when you're between yourself, you can say, Father, the one to whom you love needs some help. How, how many know just out of just out of the characteristic of, I don't know if it's our carnal nature, but I respond a lot faster to people that I love. <laughs> I know this shouldn't be true. 
But how many know the people closest to you get the fastest response? And you can get in your religious fit and say, well, Pastor, you shouldn't be that way. You, you should love everybody, even your enemies. I get it. I know. And listen, I help my, I bless my enemies. I get in my closet. And, and, and if, if the devil tries to say, I said, no, I love him in Jesus' name. And I pray, and breast, pray a, a prayer of blessing over him. I, I don't have any enemies. Uh, if, if they're an enemy, they're an enemy of themselves, not of me, because I, I've declared that whole, right? And let me, I, I, my first lady will tell you that I've often said, listen, if you ever get to my funeral, if the Lord tarry, I believe I'm going to go from here into heaven. But if I'm wrong and, and the Lord tarry, uh, and you come up and say, First Lady, I just want to tell you, uh, I, I did Pastor wrong, and, and, and I never asked him to forgive me because, man, I did him bad. She's going to tell you, he forgave you. Hallelujah. Huh? He forgave you. But let me tell you something. The people closest to me get the fastest response. If my phone rings and, and I'm eating dinner, and I don't recognize the number. If you're like me, I let it go to voicemail. <laughs> but know what I'm talking about? Are you like me? You're eating. You see a number. You don't recognize who it is. You say, well, I'll, let, I'll get that when I finish eating. But, but if I see the name of my family, boom, hello. Not no hesitation, no question that. Are you okay? Are you need some help? I want you to hear this. The one to whom you love is sick. The messenger came and all the messenger said to Jesus was, the one to whom you love is sick. Who doesn't qualify under that heading? Who can't plead to God right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're watching this message, however you're going to hear it, who here cannot say that they cannot go to God and say, God, the one to whom you love needs help. And don't you know that God is going to come quickly, that he's going to help you speedily, that he's going to avenge you properly, that God is going to move quickly on your behalf. Why? Because he loves you. It's a forever love. You got to get that. Because if you don't catch that in God, you're going to think God is hard. He's right. cruel. He's indifferent. Right. He's slow. He, he doesn't act on time. This is the one to whom you love is sick. Now, we, we know the narrative in the story. The story begins to tell us just what's happening here. That, that, that Jesus uh, uh, tells the disciples, it's Lazarus. And, and he's already dead, so there's no need to hurry. He's already dead. He was probably dead right around the time he went to go find Jesus. Two days journey. Jesus stayed there two days. By the time he gets back, it's four days. Lazarus already been there too. Notice that when you don't know who God is, you make bad accusations. Notice that when you don't know who God is, you're going to say the wrong thing when you see God. And I'm convinced there's a lot of people here that if you don't know the heart of God, you're not going to understand what he's saying to you. Why he says it. Jesus appears. He knows that he's going distinctly to rise up Lazarus. He knows that's the point. He already knows what he's going to do. And yet as he arrives, Martha comes with the accusation. If you had been here, where were you? What took you so long? 
Jesus, if you had been here, my brother had not died. And life speaks. Not resurrection, but life. Can I share with you? Let me, let me share this with you. Let me show you how profound resurrection is. Do you know that everybody is going to be resurrected? Amen. Say everybody. Say everybody. Everybody. If you don't think so, read Revelation 20. The wicked are raised. To stand before the white throne, even the sea gives up its dead. Everything on earth that has died will now be resurrected to face God. Resurrection is a common theme throughout all of the Bible. Don't you know that it was God who scooped you out of dust and breathed his ruach into you? He breathed life. Now, now granted, the enemy came and interrupted that with death because sin brings death. But it was God who brought life. And it was God who gave the boundary of death. Some, some of y'all don't know just how, how functional, how, how resurrection in life is the heart of God. L -l Listen, let me, let, let, let me help you. Let me, let me draw back. How many know a man by the name of Elijah? Elijah. How many remember Elijah was commanded to go? A widow there in Zarephath was commanded to sustain him. How many know that her son, while he was there, her son passed away? And, and, and he went to that woman and said, give me your son. Right? She says, if you call to bring my sins to remembrance. Y'all remember the story? And she says, and then Elijah says, give me your son. Do you know that this woman, with that, the absence of that son, she couldn't possess any property? First of all, there's a famine. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, the, 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 there's, there's thirst. There's famine. The, 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 she, when, when Elijah met her, she was planning on eating a meal and committing suicide, dying. This woman was in a bad place, and when her son died, everything was lost. Her future was gone. And then you know what Elijah says? Give me your future. This is everything, right? And so when she put him into his arm, watch, he gets into his arm. How many know he took him up into the room? How many know the story? And the Bible says that Elijah laid himself over that baby, that son, three times. Do, do you know that the Bible works in threes? <laughs> Anybody know familiar with the, <laughs> the Bible works in threes? How, how many know that, that, that we got the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. That there's always these pairs. Isn't it funny that Jesus always took Peter, James, and John? That weird. How many know that Peter denied him three times? How many know that when Jesus was crucified, the sun went dark for three hours? Three hours is a number of completion. Through the number three part of me is, is the expression of completion. So he completes that to show you the completion of God, what God purposes to do. Resurrection and life. That, 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 that boy was resurrected and she brought him back to the mother and said, Now I know that you're a man of God. How, how many know that Elijah, who had the double portion, he gets two? How many know that the Shunammite woman, his son, died of a heat stroke? And the Bible says that he took him to his room and prayed. And when that boy ran up, he sneezed six, seven times. Achoo, 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 achoo. You, you know the story? How many know that seven is the number of God? It's called perfectedness. How many remember the story where, where Israel uh, saw the nation of Israel, uh, the, 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 saw bands of Moabites coming to raise them, and they were trying to bury somebody, and they didn't have time, so they just threw a guy into a sepulcher, except they didn't know it was Elijah's bones. Yeah. And when that dead body touched the bones of Elijah, it popped up straight. Yeah. <laughs> 
Y'all remember the story in Luke 7 where Jesus was walking. He saw the widow of Nain. She was coming down. They had the casket of their son, taking him to the grave, taking him to be buried. And what does Jesus do? He stops a procession. He touches the casket and says, son, I say unto you, arise. And right there, he sat up in the casket, and everybody started worshiping God. They said, surely this is the son of David. Surely this is the son of God. I don't even remember Mark 5. I love all these stories. I remember Mark 5 where, where uh, uh, y'all being bothered by this? I'm just, <laughs> I just want to show you that resurrection and life is all part of this. And you have to embrace it. This is God. This is his heart. Right. Well, I mean, remember, uh, th- th- there was a, a ruler of the synagogues came to Jesus, wanted to ask him to come pray for his daughter. And while he was there, one of his servants came and said, don't bother the master. She, she's dead. She died already. Come on. Jesus heard it. He says, oh, she's dead. Come on, let me go to your house. Come on. Y'all remember the story? They got there, and everybody was crying. How many of you know back in the day they would hire professional mourners? Just come cry. I think I might do that, baby. When I die, we'd hire like 15 people. They'd just be crying and weeping. I said, man, pastor must have been important, man. Look at this. Really crying and weeping over Man, wow, they loved him. So they're in there crying, and then Jesus says, weep not. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And the Bible says they laughed Jesus to scorn. You know what Jesus said? Hit the door, Jack. All of y'all want to be Christ, there's the door. He went over to that little girl. You remember the story because of the phrasing in Aramaic when he said, Talitha Kuma, young damsel arise. He took her by the hand, stood her right up, resurrected. You think I preach long? Paul preaches longer. Acts chapter 14, y'all remember the story that Paul was preaching and said, and Paul preached long. I'm going to say Hallelujah. Say, Patrick, preach long. Preach long, Pastor. I'm trying to be mindful of the time. I only, you only give me like 35 minutes. I got to get you out of here. You're going to lose attention. He was preaching a long time. He preached so long that Eutychus on the third floor fell asleep at the wind, on a window, and he fell out. Just, 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 just fell and oh, hit the ground. Dead right when he hit the ground. What did Paul do? Went up and grabbed him. In the name of Jesus. Resurrected him right there. How many remember Tabitha? We call Dorcas. Acts 9. Peter resurrected Dorcas. How many remember that when Jesus rose, uh, when Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that when Jesus said, it is finished, that many of the tombs in Israel, saints of old, got up out of their tombs. Ah, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying, man. This is awesome. I'm showing you that resurrection in life is all throughout the Bible. It's not just one day that we celebrate it. It's the theme of God's heart. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, well, well. How many know? How many? I love this story because, you know, I like to study eschatology. And how many know uh, this is in the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation? There's going to be two witnesses. These two witnesses that come, we know, uh, 
that, that, that they're going to they're gonna be struck down by the beast and, and all of the world's going to celebrate. They're going to give gifts one to another. Look, oh, they, 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 they caused these balls and all these plagues upon mankind. I'm so glad they're dead. And then God said, the spirit of, uh, the, spirit of the Lord, the spirit of life would come on them. And they're resurrected. Yeah. And everybody sees it. How marvelous. How marvelous. Isn't it cool to see Elijah and Enoch? I won't be here to see it if y'all see it. Well, enjoy, enjoy it. I, I'm going to be with God. But they're going to be there. How many remember Revelation 20 that every saint, every martyr, every wicked man is raised to life again? Your God is a forever God. Jesus comes to his friends. Jesus comes to his friends. Jesus is coming because a friend is sick. Brother, sister, when are you going to take this thing personal? When are you going to get out of your religiosity and make your relationship personal with God? He loves you, and he's a forever God. He's an eternal God, and he wants to be with you forever. And he's trying to form and fashion you for his very presence. How many know you got to get ready before you go meet God? Ah, oh, brothers and sisters, mean God ain't no little thing. If you're going to be with God forever, you got to be ready for that engagement. And so God is forming and fashioning and helping you to comprehend his nature and his heart. And here is God sending his son. Now, I'm going to say it to you just like this, just the way the Bible says. Everybody knows John 3, 16. For God, listen, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen. That whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Why is that? Because that's God's heart. He wants you to be with him forever. Isn't that awesome? How many of you know not everybody gets to live forever with God? <laughs> Let me say that one more time. Everybody gets resurrected, but we don't all go to the same place. Uh, if, if you've got Jesus, you've got everlasting life. Jesus is coming to represent life. So he tells her, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your brother will live again. And here's what religious people do. Here's what the untrained ear, here's what people that don't have a knowledge of God will say this. Oh, yeah, he'll live again. In that sweet Beulah land, in that day yonder, in that over place there. In the sweet by and by, in the resurrection of the dead. Jesus says, listen. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm not talking about over yonder. I'm talking about right now. Do you know that your God is a right now God? Does anybody know that we've got an on-time God, a right-now God, that the Bible explicitly say now faith is, faith is, it's right now, it's present, it's right here, right? And Jesus was trying to explain to her, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. There we go. There we go. Now don't fall asleep on me, Eutychus. I, I, I want you to see something so 
so strange in this story. Because for years, for years, I've put my mind to, why did Jesus cry? I mean, he's there with outstanding news. He's there with the heart of God. He's there to raise up Lazarus from the dead. He told his disciples while he was coming, it should have been a moment of celebration. A victorious moment. In fact, we know it's so victorious that after the resurrection of Lazarus, that many of the unbelieving Jews began to believe on Christ. They wanted to take him as king. Why would he cry? Why was he weeping? The Bible tells me that Jesus asked, you believe this. And of course, yeah, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know, all the religious stuff. So Jesus asked the question, well, where you put, where you laid him? He said, come on, we'll show you. As he's going, there's an accusation. He starts to hear it. Why, why if this it truly is the Son of God, why if he is what he says he is, why he's been talking about it, how powerful he is. Why if he was all that in the back of the chair, why is it that his friend Lazarus died? The Bible says when he heard these comments, the Bible says that Jesus groaned in his spirit. You know why he's groaning? Because they don't know him. They don't know who he is. They don't embrace his identity and his purpose. They don't believe his words. You, 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 ever, you ever get so frustrated in something that you just go, oh. You ever, you ever done that with somebody where they're saying stuff and what they're saying is so ridiculously stupid. All you can do is get, oh. Anybody ever hear dumb conversations and later on they just cause you to be troubled in your spirit? You say, I can't believe somebody could be so dumb. How could it be that they would take that in? That's, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's what Jesus was doing. He's groaning in his spirit. He, he knows that in just a few days he's going to be crucified. In fact, from the time Lazarus is, 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 is raised, seven days later, he's being raised. He's groaning because, listen, how long have I been with you and yet you still don't know me? How frustrating it is that Jesus is telling you, listen, church, that he is not only the resurrection, he is the life. And friend, I'm here to tell you, when you die, you most surely will, the Lord tarry. I'm here to tell you that the body that went down in the grave, Jesus, I'm going to raise that body back to life. Death doesn't get the last word because I have the keys to death and life itself. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to raise you up. And if I die, this won't be the last time you see me. I'll come back. Trust me, I'm coming back in the power of the Almighty. Amen. Don't you hear Apostle Paul say, I want to know him. In the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, that if by any means I might obtain to the resurrection of the dead. Y'all hearing me? You've got a forever God who loves you with the forever love, who says my purpose is to give you a long life and to bless you and to help you. And I'm a forever God that's going to make a forever relationship with you. You and I are going to live forever together. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Come on, somebody. He's the resurrection and the life. And see, brothers and sisters, we, 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 we think we know resurrection. The problem is we don't know life yet. We, we've never comprehended that resurrection and life is the true heart of God. Jesus is weeping over it. He's weeping over the fact that they don't know that I'm life. Brothers and sisters, how well you know life? How well you know it? Do you know it so well enough that whenever you're facing trouble, you say, this is nothing to my forever God? How well do you know life? That when life happens, are you upset? Are you flipped upside down? Are you worried? Are you stressed? Are you trying to calculate your way through? Or do you say, I have a forever God who loves me with a forever love. And all I got to do is say, Father, the one to whom you love is in trouble. Can you, like David, say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Ah, come on, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, are you walking in that life? Because Jesus is the life and the resurrection. He's proving that if something dies, he can make it live again. How many know that Jesus, let me just end with this. Huh? They said preach long, but it was only one person that said it, everybody. <laughs> Nobody said amen. It was just one voice in the wilderness. <laughs> one lone voice, I heard it. Let, let, let me show you how, let me show you how, let me show you how cold Jesus. We used to say back in the day, let me show you how bad Jesus is. He bad to the bone. Check Jesus out. Jesus said this. Therefore doth my father love me. Because I laid down my life. That I may take it again. Did you hear it? Therefore doth my father love me. Because I laid down my life. That I may take it again. He says, no man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. Then he says this. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. That he can die at will. He can live at will. He has command over death. And he has command over life. Do you know that in the Garden of Eden we lost our privilege to life? That there was something called the tree of life there. That if we would eat of it. Don't think about how powerful it is. Read Revelation 22. That, it, that the nations will eat the leaves of the tree of life. And have life by eating those leaves. Do you know that we lost it? The heart of God was lost. But what was the heart of God? That we'd be with him forever. His son and his daughter were there. They were forever together. Till sin entered in. Do you know that righteous Abraham, when he died, didn't go into the arms of God? That righteous Abraham, the father of our faith, went into Hades and was held by the devil himself? 
Brothers, did you hear me? That righteous Abraham, who when he passed, didn't go into the arms of his creator. He went into the place reserved for him to whom the devil had the key to. But how many are glad? How many are glad that this Jesus who says, I can die and get up again. That when I die, I'm going to go into the belly of the earth for three days. And what am I going to do there? I'm going to get the keys to hell and to death itself. And I'm going to raise myself back up, possessing those keys so that none of you would ever die again. Can somebody say amen to that? How marvelous that Jesus is coming in this affirmation. Of course, you know the story. Of course, you know the story. Jesus says, well, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord. And you know what Jesus says? And this is why the Spirit of the Lord sent me here today. I'm going to give you a distinctive because the Spirit of the Lord sent me here today to teach you the heart of God because God wants to get into your life. He wants to make a bold in you. He wants to have a divine, close, intimate relationship with you, a forever love with you. And you know what? What they said to the Lord is, Jesus says, roll away the stone. I mean, let's prove it. <laughs> let's prove it. That's what I like about, <laughs> what I love about Jesus. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people today saying, I'm Jesus. You seen those guys on TV? I'm Jesus. Well, what makes you Jesus. Well, I come from this bloodline. Mm. Well, I, 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 the, a spirit came, an angel came and told me I was Jesus. Notice that none of them ever say, because I can die and get up again. Notice that no false Christ has ever made that claim, that they can die and then say, just wait a little while, in three days I'll get back up. There's one who said that. He wants to prove to you that he bears the heart of God. He bears the forever love of the Lord. That he has power over life and death. And he's going to prove it to you. Roll the stone away. Roll it back. And do you know that you know what they told him? Lord, if we roll it back, surely he stinketh. Look at your neighbor and say, you stink if you don't roll the stone back. See, the Lord sent me here on this day to deal with the stink in your life. Because God says, I'll prove to you that I'm resurrection in life. Roll the stone back. You, you, do you know it takes a lot of belief? Let, 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 let's suppose, let's suppose. I said to you, I want to raise one of your dead loved ones. Let's go to the cemetery. We're going to dig them up. You coming with the shovel? You're going to call the police on me. My pastor lost his last mind. Jesus is effectively saying the same thing. Roll the stone back. Roll it back. Think about what I'm saying to you. Roll the stone back. Think about what Jesus is proving to you. R roll the stone back. The Bible says, Lord, if we roll the stone back, he's stinking. Let me deal with the stink.
roll the stone back. Can you imagine this? Think it through. Jesus standing before the tomb and last stone is rolled back. The, the crowd is deathly quiet. There's a silence. You could hear a pin drop. You could probably hear people breathing. I could see my Jesus just looking intently into that dark abyss. It's nothing for him. He's the resurrection. He's the life. This is what he does. This is how he does it. Somebody say amen to that. That's, that, that, that's amazing. This, this is what he does. So he just simply looks into the darkness of that tomb and all he says is, Lazarus, come forth. And from the depth of that sepulcher come this mummy wrapped in clothes, grave clothes. Everybody erupts into worship for God. Many believed. Many believed. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you like Jesus, blessed is he who has never seen yet hath believed. But I know my Jesus rose Lazarus from the grave. In fact, could I confess to you that the way that I know that Jesus, I believe my Jesus rose from the dead. How many believe Jesus rose from the dead? Yeah, if you don't believe it, we're still dead in our sins and trespasses. You say, well, what's the proof that Jesus rose? Because I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. For Jesus said, it's expedient that I go, for if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. And I have the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. Brothers and sisters, you've got a forever God who today is telling you, I want to give you life. But there's a stone in the way. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Because they told me to preach long, but I'm not sure if you meant it. I know Sister Sean meant it. Hey, uh, uh, I want you to celebrate. We're going to do this first. Let's just, let's lift our hands and celebrate the resurrection and the life. We, we, we worship you, Jesus. You are the resurrection. And you are the life. We celebrate you. We celebrate you, Jesus. Do you believe? Do you believe? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Be patient. Be patient. Thank you, Lord. Thank 